hello everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Varga Presents at the Movies. Movie night. We are going to be watching a movie called Attack the Block tonight. Fat Sack hasn't seen this movie. I've only I have seen, not. I've only seen parts of it, and I honestly, I don't remember uh, a lot of it, most of it. I'm going to say 99% of it, so it's going to be all new to me. The only person who has seen it is 57. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I see that John Boyega is in it, Jodie Whittaker, uh, Nick Frost. Like, there are some oh, wow. good actors in this movie. This might be John Boyega's first, like, legit role on film. Now, I'm sure in England he did, like, some TV stuff and sure. here right, and there. But, but like, his first like, feature film? This is, like, this is going to go outside of Narnia. <laughs> right. Directed by Joe Cornish, who I believe is Edgar Wright's writing partner. It, it'll have kind of a, a familiar feel to okay. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know absolutely nothing about this movie. Uh, I didn't know who was in it. I, uh, 57, put together a list of movies that he has suggested. I've been going through the list and... And this silly rabbit thought it was going to be like a couple. I sent him three screenshots of three pages. <laughs> just, like it... just full. Just full. <laughs> I'm actually in the middle of taking all of those pages and pages of movie suggestions that 57 put together and I'm building an Airtable base so that uh, we can track all of the movies that all of us want to discuss and we can track which ones of us have already seen it. That way we know who's like going to be the focus for the questions ahead of time kind of thing. I, so. I, w I will say on that list, there are there are good movies. There are iconic movies. There are some movies that are a lot more fun than others. Sure. As we kind of found out last time is the thing is a fantastic movie. It might not be the most fun movie to take a date on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, depending on the time of year. If it works out, if your blind date works by going to see the thing, like that's a that's a successful date. I'm I'm just saying. I've been putting all of these together, and so I've been looking up the titles of all of these movies just to see whether or not I've seen them, so I can mark it on the list. And I got to attack the block, and I'm like, I have never heard of this movie. I have no idea what this movie is. I saw the name, I saw the year it came out, and I saw the director. I was like, nope, I have not seen this. So I I am going in just completely fresh. It, it's one of those that if you if you've been browsing Netflix or Disney or Hulu or HBO streaming whatever, platform of choice right right insert streaming platform here and you see something you're like I've really wanted to watch that but not right now but I'm gonna add that to the list okay so 57 Everybody I have a I have a question for you without giving too much of it away because again I don't know anything about it can you give just like a teaser a, a synopsis some sort of indication of what this movie is or is about or the genre for anyone else who might be listening who doesn't know what this movie is yeah I'll give you the basically a trailer breakdown okay how about that okay so our protagonists are street kids from the the lack of a better term is the inner city of I believe it's London. Okay. The block refers to a housing project. Basically okay. a giant like apartment complex. Kind of like right? kind of like the projects. Yeah, it, it basically is their version of the project. It's a low okay. rent apartment complex. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um something happens. Okay. And um <laughs> that's I action hope, ensues. I hope something and, happens. A action ensues and um, you kind of meet all of the different cast of characters and economic standings in the the block okay 
and uh, we follow, and our our heroes are the are the the group of kids that we follow are like 15, 16 years old, so they're all very young, okay. and it's kind of like how they navigate. Like, you've got the guy over here wanting to like use them to be drug mules, be be corner boys, sell drugs on the corner. You've got that bad influence. Interesting. Then you've okay. got like the hippies up on the top that like all they want to do is just grow weed. Okay. And so everybody knows if you're in trouble, you go up there because nobody messes with that guy. Because he's the guy that Fort Knox up there. And then you've got people on that are just like working class that are just trying to like get by who like nobody really knows lives there, but like they live there. And then, you know, they're all kind of forced to interact in that socioeconomic uh, interaction is very compelling to the story and it almost takes over from what the main story is but okay so so then that's that sounds interesting that's intriguing mm -hmm. i'm excited what would you say is like the genre for this movie if you had to like give it a tag action thriller action thriller okay with with strong sci-fi hints oh interesting okay cool awesome i don't want to hear any more about this movie <laughs> Drifter, what are your thoughts? What, because you you've said you've seen parts of it, or you're familiar with it a little bit, but like it's mostly clean slate for you as well, right? Mostly clean slate for me as well. I knew the uh, sci-fi elements, um, but yeah, beyond that, I really don't remember much. I always got this mixed up with um, is it End of the World? At World's, World's End. End? At World's End, right? With yeah. uh, Simon, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Frost. Yeah. Okay. Jake, you me soda nerd. <laughs> I always got those got mixed up, dude. They, they came out real close to each other. And then, uh, yeah, it, this one just kind of fell off my radar, and I never picked it up again. So I'm glad I get to, finally. Yeah. You're cool. also going to get some very creative and new insults for people in a loving way. Because it's British, so it's going to have the same connotation, but much different verbiage. If you guys haven't already, go back and check out the first episode or whatever prior episode might be before this. Uh, if you are interested, like Fatsack said, hit up his Discord because he has it all set up for it. We're going to jump in there. We're going to watch the movie, uh, chat about it while we watch it. There'll be no voice in the chat itself, but you can type in the general chat and we can just do like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 typing up, saying silly things and our thoughts and everything like that while the three of us watch and discuss and ponder kind of thing. And then, uh, yeah, we'll come back here. We'll record uh, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and... Uh, I'll slap it all together and throw it back up on YouTube. So hell yeah, hell yeah. Guys, ready to watch a movie? Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Get your cheapest beers and your snow caps, and we're gonna get into it. Okay. <laughs> hell yeah. Okay. Fuck to fish. Yo, check it. Come on. Come on. 
them things. Lovely fireworks. Tsunamis. Invasion. Crosses. I'm killing them. I'm killing them in the street. Let's get torn up, blood. Quite sweet, really, aren't they? Oh, that's different. That ain't the same thing. That looks triple the size, blood. Have you all right, huh? Need to get off the streets. Back in a block. What kind of alien would invade some shitty part of the state in South London? I'm just looking for a fight. <laughs> So, we just got done watching Attack the Block. Fatak, what'd you think of this movie? It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I had no idea what to expect going in, and I was pleasantly pleased. Like, this was just really cool. It was a great movie. The story was cool. The action was good. Uh, the acting was great. And special effects were really neat. And overall, I just had a great time. I liked it a lot. I it went in a direction that I really didn't think it was going to go into. The film itself had a very, almost like we were, when we were watching The Thing last week, a very gorilla style to it, because mm. it all generally takes place within the block or the streets outside the block. But that's really all where they're at. But they make so much use out of that location that it feels so much bigger than what it really is. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was also, there was definitely moments where I was watching like, oh shit, are these kids going to get out of this place alive? Like this is, <laughs> this is fucking brutal. Cause they did not, they did not hold your hand and they were not kind to some of these characters with these alien attacks. And they things. broke the rules in most modern cinema environments where <laughs> they, it's like, they these the dog should, yeah, the dog should be safe. The kids should be safe. And yet all the rules get broken. And you're like, oh, oh. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we might have a wild bunch situation where nobody is safe. Uh oh. The, the entire movie, as I said, was very well paced. I think the, the way that they told the story and the point of view of telling the story, having it be from the group of these kids running around and, and you know, in the day of being a hoodlum on the block. Uh, was a very interesting one because it brings a perspective to this type of story that you don't really see a whole lot. And when you do see it, it's always kind of uh, filtered through a lens of like, 
shitty out of touch adults who don't know what it's like being a kid kind of thing it's it's probably also still cringy and and totally not realistic in any particular sense of the word but it still felt more authentic like it felt like the kids as they were walking around the room and dunking on each other and spitting and cursing and and doing drugs and hanging out yeah that's that's those kind of like cultural lists whereas like you know we went all went to high school or whatever in america this is set in south london and yet we all know those kids that like smoked way too much <laughs> and it was like i know a kid exactly like that little shithead it was really interesting too because um the way that they portray these characters is is in a way that's like sympathetic you know like you're sympathetic towards the protagonists here and you're also like shown sides of their life to where you understand why they're shitty hoodlums. At the same time, you also get the the whole, well, they're still shitty hoodlums and that's not really an excuse kind of thing. And so like uh, with Sam's character played by Jodie Whittaker, when she gets mugged by the kids at the beginning and then later when she runs back across them, as they're as they're being arrested and then later when she runs back across them again when they're in the in the block in the apartment building and everything like that like each time it comes across like you get a different side of like shitty kids in shitty lives making shitty decisions sometimes those decisions are like out of their control or they're they don't have a whole lot of options and therefore they're just doing what works for them and then sometimes it's it's a bad influence, it's a bad life that leads to those poor decisions. And then sometimes it's also like, they didn't have any other choice kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like, it goes back and forth between all of those and, and really weaves that whole narrative really tightly together and brings those two groups of characters together, which I thought was really cool. And I think the, uh, the idea of the block itself, like a lot of people think, oh, the block, that's where all the the hoods live, you know, don't go there, trouble, you're gonna get mugged, whatever. But then you see Sam and she lives there too. And they're like, oh, oh, you live here? Like, what do you do here? You, <laughs> oh, Bruce, yeah. you know, Bruce the pothead, whatever, he lives there too. Like there's a whole bunch of different characters within this block who are there for their own reasons, you know? And and they, it's just a, a little mixing pot of, of people who are kind of at the, Oh, it's at the end of the rope, but they're all they're all they're all struggling to get by for their own their own reasons, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. and and um, and this brings them together to fight the, this alien threat that that they all are uh, faced with now. Yes, I I feel like the way that this story unfolded, the way that the actions that were taken and how the characters reacted to everything, it felt very similar to how like I would imagine uh, a tabletop campaign of of like yeah. the the stereotypical like kids in the neighborhood under alien invasion like it felt i i could see this playing out as like a tabletop campaign mm -hmm. and like have all the kids get together and and go and like collect weapons and get, get hyped up and then they realize uh oh our yeah, is like, an asshole. Right, alien invasions fucking all right bruv it, let's go bash some aliens heads in in it or whatever you say in that in that ridiculous awful wonderful to my ears accent that everyone had that was sometimes kind of hard to listen to and that's why we had the closed captioning on so i could actually read what they were saying <laughs> 
but, and then the bad rolls start happening. Exactly, and, like, and then, uh -oh. but that was the best part about it, because, like, all of the action sequences, none of them were, like, so over the top that was, like, completely unbelievable. Like, all these kids are running on bikes and running away and chasing downstairs from monsters, but they're tripping constantly in places that would make sense. The floor is wet. Like, it's it's London, so, you know, it's going to be raining all the fucking time. <laughs> all of that stuff. I really like... The creature designs as well. Like the monster design was really interesting because they do the special effect where the monster, the the effect they put on it, where they key out the entire shape of the monster and put it at pitch black, yep. regardless of the lighting of everything around it. Like so, it's pure, pure black. It's like it just creates hole. this yeah black hole effect of where the monster is, and then they put this glow effect on the mouth of the teeth. So like as the shape of the snarl changes, it changes the shape of anything that you can make out. And, and that's really weird too, because the movie takes place at night and it's, right. it is dark. And mm -hmm. these things even stand out in the dark because they are a vast void of light. Yeah, and it was really cool because they use that to their advantage in that hallway scene with all the smoke and mm -hmm. the, the fireworks and the lights going out. Like they use the fact that you know, they can't see anything, but you can make out what those things look like because regardless of their situation, they're pitch black. So that was really cool. I really liked that. And the creature design itself was just really neat. And we were joking around earlier a little bit about, well, at least I was, about gremlins. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of these kind of uh, uh, kids' movies where they're like little furry creatures like critters right, or whatever. Right, right, yeah. But, but, you know, they're obviously like biting legs off and faces off and stuff. So they're not kids. Play I, I, I don't think you quite expected the level of gore that you got. No, not at all. <laughs> not at yeah, all. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was violent. And, and again, like I said, they they uh, they went for it in a lot of those and they, scenes. And they built to it, too, because the first one, it's like, okay, did I see what I think I saw? And then by the end, whenever, spoilers, hat, hat get, hi-hat gets it, you're like, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie takes place, well, it's a whole movie, but a lot of the movie takes place in the 100 and whatever 90 room block however large it is it's huge yeah. right and you never really feel lost unless they want you to even when they're on the motorcycles and they're circling around outside you never really feel like you are completely lost to where these yeah, that's kids what are say, where they're going the cinematography was really mm -hmm. solid and i never felt like i was disoriented of what yeah. direction we were heading or until. like until they want you to have yep. A disorienting effect. When they filled that, that hallway with smoke, and that, uh, what's his name? Uh, that one kid, he gets turned around and he doesn't know where oh, he's going. Is it Jerome? Yeah. Yep, yep. And he doesn't know where he's going. And I'm like, oh my God, like I felt it. I'm like, I, I don't know where he's going now. <laughs> yeah, because they did such a good job throughout the entire sudden, movie. Like the machete goes, and you're like, oh no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, exactly. And then yeah. he gets to the door, you're like, oh, he's safe. He's safe. And then, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> They do such a good job throughout the entire movie of giving you establishing shots, of showing you the geometry of the area that you're in, mm -hmm. and doubling back and, and really paying attention to the rule of where the camera is and how the 3D space would work. So that as you're watching it, you just casually sort of get that information and you get a picture in your mind of what the area looks like. So when they're running back through the areas later on in the movie, you understand the geometry, you understand where everything is, so nothing's really confusing except for when they want it to be and then they crank that up to 11 and it's very disorienting but it's on purpose and yep. so yeah it was just really well done john boyega's character is awesome like 
they like, really doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue. He has the like Rambo effect where he doesn't have a whole lot of lines, but everything he does is probably much harder than him just like, okay, memorize these lines and go. Like he has to like physically act more than yeah. just like, I am an actor. He has, a, he has a presence on the screen when he's there and the camera's on him or near him, you know he's there just by the yeah. way he's holding himself, the way he's looking. Like, yeah, that's that's what whenever somebody says that it factor, that is what they're talking about. All of the characters really fit into that idea of like Moses as the leader of the group and as like the the leader of the survivor group, even when the adults are concerned. And also the one who comes up with what we're going to do next and how we're going to get out of this problem. And when things get into the thick of it, the, the one who's just like, okay, well now I got to kill some aliens kind of thing. And like, we get a lot of different shades of Moses's character throughout the movie. Right. And I mean, that all gets kind of explained at the end, right? Just in that little time frame where Sam goes into his apartment and she's like, oh, who do you live with? Do you have a younger brother? He's like, no, I live with my uncle. And she's like, where is he? Oh, he comes and goes, mostly goes. So, I mean, it's, Moses has raised himself essentially for however long. So he kind of is his own parent. He has to do that, to be that person. I think the, the thing that got me for that scene is when Sam walks into the bedroom and sees like a bare mattress with a Spider-Man like mm -hmm. sleeping bag just sitting on top of it. He's like, oh, do you have a little brother? And he's like, no, nope. just me. Just like, oh, that's, ooh, okay. Yeah, 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 I got he, you. <laughs> he's still a kid, even though he's not a kid. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Had to grow up quick. He's and like, even more so I'm, in the I'm, alien invasion that's attacking his neighborhood and killing his friends. Uh, overall, the entire thing was super great. Um, yeah, I, honestly, this makes me want to go back and, like, take a look at some of his other stuff, uh, Joe Cornish's stuff, because if this this was, like, his first film, and I want to see what else he's done. This, this is very much in the line of another movie that came out around the same time that was written and directed and produced by, like, the sidekick of somebody that is hyper-talented, which is Cabin in the Woods. Kevin mm. in the Woods was like, oh, I'm friends with Joss Whedon and I made this movie and it's not going to get released. And then Joss Whedon goes out and he's like, hey, the 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 blonde kid in this movie, he's going to be he, he's going to be Thor and like he's going to you know have a strong Australian accent and be a sex symbol. And then somebody's like, don't we have him in another movie just sitting in a can on a shelf somewhere? <laughs> Let's get it out. And then everybody then they release and you're like, oh, this movie's badass. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, for sure. But yeah, Attack the Block, super great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm glad I got to watch it. Uh, good stuff, thumbs up from me. How about you, Drifter? I liked it, yeah. It, funny, it was um, really entertaining, really well made uh, for uh, a smaller budget movie. But like you said, you know, you don't really see any of the corners cut. It's 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 great it's a really good movie if you haven't seen this movie please go see this movie yeah it's uh, it's it's currently streaming on amazon prime um and uh yeah please please go see it it was great if you haven't already 